What do you hear? What do you say? Serve cold, but the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow. The bulls keep it running, the socks run the south, the cubs run the north, but the bears run the house. True Chicago sports fans got their ears to the streets. Any team make a move, and they never skip a beat. And in this house, this is where we be. Welcome to the show with E Rock and Big Z. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Chicago. Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Episode 117 is brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF Podcast podcast t-shirts. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your order. That is TrueFan15. Go and get your official TCSF shirts now. Christmas time is here, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you get a shirt to give to all your loved ones and uh, show us how you uh, love the show. That's right. As always, I'm Big Z and here my boy E-Rock. What up, E? What's up, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. If you're a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. You can find us on Facebook at True Chicago Fans. You can follow us on Twitter at True Shy Fans and on IG at True Chicago Sports Fans. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash True Chicago Sports Fans. Go on over there, click on support, and you can subscribe for as low as 99 cents a month listen do you like the show i do are you a fan oh yeah then tell your friends and they will tell their friends and we can all be friends if you enjoy the content if we make you laugh or cry or think or yell at us while we're (laughs) while we're doing our thing hey let us know either way we love to uh, hear about your differing opinions everyone wants to seem to think that i'm wrong hey maybe i am maybe (laughs) once in a while it happens but uh, let us know what you think about the show and uh share it share it share it z what's up brother how you been uh man dude i'm getting over this cold man i've had this cold for like two weeks i'm finally at the end of it Uh, i'm no longer hacking up stuff that's uh different colors so it's finally nice to uh be able to breathe and not cough every 30 seconds yeah i mean uh the weather change has been really weird right like we went through all of october pretty much where we were waiting for that you know quote-unquote indian summer where you get that like that week of like 70 degrees and it took forever and it kind of bled over into uh the very very last week of october a little bit into november so it went from what 75 to 40 uh within a one-day span i I don't blame you for being sick yeah well that and you know i i see k through eight so there's a lot of uh walking diseases walking around over there so so you go from snot noses to just plain snotty yeah exactly lots of snotty <laughs> stuff going on oh man it's been crazy i've been super busy this week uh tuesday night bowling uh, i swear every single week someone shows up and has a career game and last week was no different this dude uh i don't want to say his name <laughs> i want to put him out on blast like that because i know he's pissed about not getting a perfect game literally he had a nine spare that should have been a strike first frame and then had strikes all the way down all the way through the rest of the 10 frame and um, they barely beat us by like 30 pins the first game. And then does it again in the second game. Misses, uh, I think he misses one or two. 
uh, frames, and then the last game he he missed like four frames. But he, this man was just on 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 an unbelievable streak of strikes, and it was just ridiculous. I was like, hey man, can you just touch my ball? Can you shake my hand? I don't know what you could do, but can I get some of that rub on my ball? I thoroughly enjoyed that story because I know all of those terms and understand <laughs> what you're talking about completely. And it's not taken out of context. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There's my first call for the uh, <laughs> of the show. Yeah. Uh, so um, shout out to our guys who battled. Uh, we took two two games and we split the series because they uh, they had it on pins and whatever. But all I can say is, you know, that's bowling, man. Either you got it or you don't. And um, I, I came up towards the end and you know kept going upward. So um, it is what it is. Uh, so a couple guys, uh, they could have won some money. I think. Uh, Magic, my guy Magic on the team. I think he was like two or three pins short of um, uh, of winning like seven hundred bucks. So the uh, the guy who had a three hundred, almost three hundred game, and Louis, our friend Louis, uh, ended up split, splitting the pot. So I think they both took home like three fifty. So, uh, but uh, bowling is a betting man's game, and I ain't that good to be betting that much. And making a couple little uh, extra Christmas shekels to uh, make sure the kitties have a nice uh, Santa Claus visit. For sure, man. That's rent money, man. What you talking about? 800 bucks <laughs> to walk home with? I mean, you're, you're investing 20 uh, if you make it past the first round and then another 10 if you didn't make you didn't make, you want to buy back in. That's 30 bucks in. And then you can come out with 350 or 800. I mean, you, you got to believe in your skills at that point. I, I, I'm so, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm paranoid about betting because I always feel like if I have the money in my pocket, I can't lose it. Right. I play fantasy and that's the extent of my betting. And I always think about, hey, what if I uh, what if I start getting into the draft uh, draft kings and all that shit? And I'm like, that's, that's a rabbit hole, man. And I, I'm, I'm bound to like forget about something last second and then leave a bet there that I meant to take off and then lose a bunch of money when I would just like fantasy be like oh yeah yeah I got time and then like next thing you know like oh yeah Thursday's back wait wait what happened to Monday Night Football mm-hmm. Tuesday Wednesday only days you get to really fix your roster and Tuesday everyone's on waivers so if you don't hit it on Wednesday and you forget you're SOL by the time Thursday comes so that's how I would be I'm like yeah just leave that you know you know two grand I won last week let it ride on the fucking Raiders what I lost how is that possible yeah no thanks yeah yeah that, that's happening man times when i've showed you my slips it's it's, it's in so right now my account is at zero and um uh i'm i'm, a, I'm very uh stickler to only put in 25 bucks a month whether i win whether i lose you know i'm gonna have fun with it i don't see that as i'm gonna win you know six figures i know some of us in our our little group can win six figures um yeah. <laughs> you know who we're talking about but um uh i i don't i don't have that skill to uh you know put a nine game parlay and hit on all of them i always get like seven out of eight you know six out of seven so i'm done being frustrating for the rest of the month and uh, in december i'll jump back on the horse <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna avoid that horse altogether, man. <laughs> uh, this past week, I also completed my uh, writing class with Nick Nahara. Um, it's a great experience and able to unlock some skills and made some friends. Um, if you don't know who Nick Nahara is, um, he is a music producer. I mean, music uh, movie producer. Uh, he's a sketch comedian. So he wrote for In Living Color, specifically for Jim Carrey. Um, a screenwriter, developed films. Uh, the one in um, in Logan, Logan Square, Humble Park, uh, mm. with nothing about the holidays. I think that's what the name of the uh, movie was. It was with um, John Locazamo, Luis Guzman, Alfred Molina, Deborah Messing. That was, you know, I think that was like, I don't know, like early 2000s. Mm. Uh, he wrote for Mad TV, um, East, Los, East Los High, which is a Hulu show. Um, so you know he's he's guy does uh he, he cut his teeth and he's doing a lot of t- different projects and um, 
it was a cool experience to actually be on a Zoom class with an actual Hollywood person. You know, this man wrote, he's been on um, Broadway. He's um, been acting alongside with Cindy Potier, George Clooney, Mario Lopez, um, Jamie Foxx, Jim Carrey, all these people. Like, you know, he rubs elbow with, and he's even taking a call with uh, Edward James Olmos while we're in class. I'm like, that must be super nice that Edward James Olmos is a f- cool friend of yours. And, and Danny Trejo, too. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty uh, pretty impressive cast of characters he's been able to rub elbows with. I mean, you know, did uh, <laughs> did Edward James almost try to keep, teach, teach any of you calculus while he was on the Zoom call? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a callback. Great movie, though. I'm not going to watch it after this <laughs> after this episode, man. Um, yeah, I wish he would teach me calculus. It come with your fingers. Um <laughs> Oh man, no, it was it was a blast, and uh, I, I he's uh, I think I can call him a friend now because I do have his personal number, and we've texted back and go. forth. Um, so I'm working. Hopefully, he said that he wants to continue working with me and and uh, along with the other students to keep writing and, and keep producing something um, that can be viable. And you never know; like it's all about who you know, not what you know, because that's uh, that's life, brother. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it sounds like a great connect to have. I mean, it, it's always good to be able to uh, continue growing your life skills as you get older and not just stay the same. Um, I mean, it, it's important to uh, remember that no, no matter how much you think, you know, you don't know a damn thing. So, That's I mean, true. sometimes you got to go around and fill in those gaps and try to figure out what you don't know and uh, learn as you go. You know, yeah. so uh, it sounds like possibly that could be someone we might reach out to in the future for a different show. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. oh yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a connect for another for the another possible show coming up soon lastly while i uh, wrap up my little segment here i was able to do some cleaning finally i think uh friday and saturday did some cleaning my whole living room redone um surround sound was working again i mean i was missing my surround sound so much dude it's Mm -hmm. ridiculous i turned it on i'm like oh this is what a football game sounds like with you know the (laughs) cheering in the background and the voice of the announcers in the front and it's just so nice and it's finally got that up you know cleaned up uh, all that dog hair you know about that dog and cotton Mm -hmm. hair just just accumulates everywhere um and then today right before the show started um i took the entire uh record player cd player entertainment center that's in my uh in my dining room took Mm. that complete apart and i'm starting to work on that and you know that's better than anybody. When you start that project, that is a six to eight hour project to redo everything, rewire everything, and put it back together. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, I, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure I helped to wire some of that shit. Uh, the, the most recent iteration of it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm moving yeah. moving it across the room and putting it on top okay. of the on top of the radiator uh, and keeping everything that's you know doesn't want to be next to heat on top, and then everything else uh, towards the, like the bottom. Like the, I'll put books on the bottom and get a good base on there so it doesn't yeah. move. But um, yeah, that that's gonna be a fun time rewiring all those speakers and uh, readjusting where they should be at now. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've done the project a few times. Uh, yeah, I, I've done I've done that. Last time I did that project where it currently is now, I remember it being at one point like just literally completely dark in the room while I was wiring shit because it's like two in the morning mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm in the middle of the project, so I can't stop. Right, I got to yeah, keep going. That's how I, I got furniture everywhere and I got this and mm-hmm. I got like rec- record stack pile high like fucking mile high on the uh, on the sofa because that's where I had lined them up so I kept the order of them. You know, yeah. but uh, damn, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's a lot, man. It's a lot. So uh, good luck in your endeavor. I, I don't <laughs> like putting I don't like putting them. Uh, uh, any records or anything like that near the heat so 
especially especially coming into into the into the winter time. Yeah, well, I mean, it's next to the windows, so it's gonna balance out, and then it's gonna be at the medium medium level. So, I've already thought that the whole process too, because uh, I do get a lot of uh, draft through the windows, and so it balances mm-hmm. out with the radiator heat. But I got a busy week coming up, and I'll talk about that next week. But be tuned to the it uh, to, uh, my IG. Big Z 606 Media Group because I'll be busy on Monday prior to the releasing of the show. And on Friday, I got some events I'll be uh, attending and I will be uh, balling out, doing doing my thing, going out there in the streets and uh, pushing our show. So I got those two things. We'll talk about that next week as we recap. And hopefully I'm trying to get one for Saturday. So if you're available on Saturday, I might be able to drag you along. <laughs> we'll see how we see how the schedule works out. Uh, there is a, a Tuesday coming up. I know uh, uh, Mike Lodge is going to be performing at Sub T, so uh, I might oh, go head out and see that. Nice, nice. I, I was actually at Sub T <laughs> this weekend. Were you really? How uh, random is that? Oh uh, yeah. Well, it was. I guess it was. Uh, yeah. Some some one of those days. Yeah. I was up there. It was cool. I, I, it was such a flashback, dude. I haven't been there since undergrad. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's the spot, man. Because I know Love that it. they tried, they almost shut down six oh six completely, right? Um, during the with Shadowmaster during the pandemic, and then I think you know he was like, "Hey, twenty years is done," but it looks like they're back. So I don't, I, I never believed them. They were they were done anyway. Uh, you no. know, it, the audience we're, is we're, there. We're, what's that? I said the audience is there. The audience will always yeah, oh, be 100%, there. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I mean, like, where else are you gonna? Where else in a centralized location like that where you have? You know, all of uh, Chicago's hip hop artists come through there. I mean, anyone who who's ever done any hip hop in Chicago has has gone through Sub T at some point. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. All right, that ends my segment. What was your week like, sir? <laughs> Man, I, I look, uh, family photo. It's all family stuff right now. I mean, that's that's all we're really doing. Family stuff. Uh, we got softball last week. Uh, go pull out the old softball bag and uh, in the garage. Mm. And I'm like, what the hell? Some swung off the bag, and there's a little hole chewed through the bottom of the bag because oh. she left a bag of dill pickle flavored uh, seeds in the bag too. and because we need the back of the car for groceries and things like that yeah. well once the, the bag comes out sitting in the garage and uh, yeah they, they found themselves a, a tasty little snack in there luckily at some point she should be getting new equipment from her uh, from her travel team so that'll kind of cover that but I was looking forward to once she gets a new bag to use that bag for myself <laughs> kind of bring nope. equipment back and forth not at all so I mean if anything more than likely what I'll do is I'll, I'll still use it just a little piece of like cardboard at the bottom and you know hang it up I don't care. Yeah, you can put uh, you can put the cardboard at the bottom and patch it up. I mean, yeah, we we know how to fix shit. Our, our yeah, generation yeah. fixes I mean, shit. like, look, hell, I'll, I'll clean that sucker up. But look, look brand new, except for the big giant holes in the bottom. <laughs> Other than that, it looked great. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like you know, Halloween. Uh, I don't think we uh, we spoke since Halloween. Yeah. We went out, did our thing. Um, you know, girls had a lot of fun, and and as soon as Halloween was over, you know, Kim was itching to get that Christmas tree out every day. Every I day, know. I know. Like, I've been seeing the Facebook on. post. I was like, it was like something like, hey, calm down, twinkle tits. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, this was it Uh, yesterday and uh, Friday, Friday, the tree I got assembled and then Kim's been putting up lights on the this is all her thing. This is all her. uh, She loves putting up all these decorations and all that stuff because that's what her mom used to do. I mean, and I'm pretty sure we like I said, we're not we're like what a week week and a half away from thanksgiving yeah i'm pretty sure she's done shopping for my my youngest she should be at least there's a whole bunch of stuff she's like i'm running out of places to stash these gifts and i'm like then stop buying gifts 
you're not gonna, <laughs> and, but I, I will say this like within the past like you know few months or so like you see with the with the younger one where little lights are coming on where she'd be like all of a sudden oh okay you realize this this is okay to do or you figured out how to do this thing you know what mm -hmm. i mean so she's she's super excited about christmas which is funny because she's like you put up the christmas tree for me and my wife's like well it's for for everybody and she's like thank you thank you <laughs> like, all right. but I, you know it's all the tv she's like she sees a holiday on on uh you know chris disney christmas special yeah. mickey mm -hmm. mouse whatever it is so she's super excited about the holiday and just to see her like critically think through things and try to trick me on certain things like she has this thing where instead of saying yes or no it's uh uh hey do you want some cereal uh i think so <laughs> you think so <laughs> like all right you want an apple i don't think so like yeah mm -mm, mm -mm, well, where did she find the i don't think I so i do not know but i mean it was something where she knew she knew that don't and you know she knew the way to to qualify yes or no with the whole phrase yeah you yeah. know so it's kind of funny and just it's watching her figure things out. But yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So the tree's already up. <laughs> the tree is up. Uh, and and both uh, both me and and my oldest were like, hey, but what about all of our ornaments? Because she wants to do a fancy, you know. Oh, it's all this color and this color, these two colors and all this stuff. I'm like, man, we've had ornaments that we've been collecting for this tree since we first been together. We've been right. together nearly 20 years now, yeah. and. You know, I, the cubs and the bears and, the, yeah. you know, whatever kind of goofy toys. That, so she she went to uh, Target and found a little six foot tree to put <laughs> downstairs oh boy. Uh, to put up all the all the uh, the family ornaments and stuff. So I'm like, all right, I, look, at least it'll be up. So we'll, uh, that we'll have a little bit of Christmas spirit. So now that you have a Christmas tree down there, my idea, my, the, the wheels started turning in my head. I'm like, okay, Eddie's going to go to the thrift store now and buy like random figurines, random He-Man that are like, you know, pretty. they're not the best quality, a random Ninja Turtle, a random, all these figures. That, and then just, you know, you get the little screw, put the little hoop on it, put it on his head and then, you know, put a little, <laughs> put a little rope on it. Boom. Now you got your own, <laughs> your own little thing or old records that yeah. you don't like. Yeah, you can just I throw mean, some string around them. We have a pretty good collection of different uh, ornaments that we've had throughout the years. So, I mean, we'll see once we put it up there. But, you know, what's funny is that when you said that, the first thing that came to my mind is that when I was a kid, my grandmother had a buffet. Uh, and everyone, you know, everyone's grandmother had the china cabinet and you oh, had yeah. your buffet. Because when you had dinner, people you just put the food out on the buffet and people come help themselves or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's where you store your plates and your whatever. So... When I was a kid, my grandmother had one. It was a uh, uh, she had the, the buffet and she had a, a lava lamp, um, but it, it the base of it had all these like fake flowers on it. It wasn't like the trippy like hippie one, you know. Oh, okay. So I would sit there and stare at that thing all day. But yeah. when it was time for the holidays, she had a wooden manger that she would put out on top of the buffet, and you had your little you know your baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the, the three wise men and all that stuff, and that would sit in the middle of the buffet. And what I did is I would build around it with my He-Man and my G.I. Joes and make other people <laughs> showing up to the birth of Christ through this wooden manger. I swear to God. It was it was the coolest thing. I mean, we, we used to go to Lincoln Park Zoo all the time. So I had the little farm animals. So it was like a pig and a cow and like another random, much bigger pig. And then He-Man's in the corner over here. And everyone's like, hey, is that Jesus? What's up, man? And so that was, uh, yeah, man, that's what, that's what that reminded me of right there when we used to sit there and remember, you always had your little toys and you always stood them up and, and tried to like, oh, shit, you knocked them over. You got to start all over again and let's make a new battle scene anyway that's uh that's what that reminded me of so i appreciate you uh bringing a call back from my my childhood christmas oh yeah
yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Nothing like uh, 80s Christmas to uh, enlighten the people over here at TCSF. <laughs> That's right. Go check out the, that movie, 8-Bit Christmas, also, if you haven't oh, seen yeah. that on uh, Netflix. It's really funny. All right, ladies and gentlemen, in this episode, we will recap the first half of the 2022 Bears campaign and talk about the progression of Justin Fields. All that plus stirring the pot and what you looking at. But first, this is The Big Three with Big Z. Thanks, E-Rock. I'm Big Z, and you're not. Now for today's stories. Oh, yeah, I got some good ones today, bro. I had to dig in there and get some funny ones because, you know, it's been a couple weeks. A couple <laughs> weeks. I got to hear that laugh, brother. All right, story number one. A popular adult film website known as Bang Bros offered. Hey. Yeah, I never heard of it. Um, um, offered <laughs> the Heat $10 million for the naming rights. With the heat severing ties with FTX because of its recent collapse, Bang Bros has once again made another bid via social media. So they at you know tweeted at to Miami Heat in 2019. We submitted a ten million dollar bid for the naming rights to the arena, suggesting the name Big uh, Bang Bros Center, the BBC. The company posted on Twitter due to recent uh, news on FTX, where we are resubmitting our offer as a new home of the Miami Heat. Talking about laying it thick, bro. Okay, first of all, <laughs> is there a more perfect franchise in all of sports than the Miami Heat to have a Bang Bros a BBC sponsorship? The BBC, BBC Center? Right? I mean, how amazing is that in the first place? Uh, I mean, look, the fir- first of all, like watching what's going on with FTX and all this crypto coin and, and Elon Musk, like yeah. with this $44 million uh, payment for Twitter, a company that was only worth $8 million. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everyone just like losing their money that all the re- the results of the election, the fact that Herschel Walker, um, the famous running back in the Minnesota and Dallas trade back in the day uh, is is possibly going to win a, a seat in uh, in Georgia not. right I now. Like this is the wildest time right now. It, it, every day you wake up, there's some weird something uh, more and more weird that's popping up, and this is definitely one of them. Oh, definitely, definitely. This is this is one of those things. You're like, you know what? It's 2022. Anything's possible. It, this can happen, brother. <laughs> hey, I, I, you you're not wrong about that, but I mean, like, uh, you know, again, we're talking about my, not just Florida. We're talking about Miami. So I mean, any decency that they had is out the window. So I say they go for it. I mean, there's, I don't, I, I think uh, your fan base there would appreciate the uh, the bonus content you'd get in uh, at the halftime show. Hey, Jimmy Butler wanted to be part of Hollywood. There you go, bro. Story number two, and we're going to stay on the same train, sir. And this one's closer to home. A Dust Plains, a Dust Plains man faces several charges after, uh, as he was observed watching pornography on a display phones inside T-Mobile store in Lincolnwood Town Center Mall. I've been to that mall plenty of times, but I never did that. Uh, Jesse P. Beckford of 24 years of age is charged with aggravated unlawful use of a weapon, criminal uh, trespass to a building and resistant a peace officer, according to the Lincoln Wood Police. Beckford was arrested Wednesday after watching pornography on the display phones in T-Mobile store and refusing to leave the mall. Police were called to the scene and Beckford allegedly resisted arrest. He was eventually placed into custody and charged accordingly. He must have had his weapon out. 
Yeah, I mean, if he was charged with aggravated, unlawful use of a weapon, yeah. we didn't get any description of what weapon he had been using and how aggravated he was about it. I mean, he must have been excited about the BBC in Miami. I am. That's that, that's a definite possibility. I, I got nervous, man, because the, the the beginning of the story started with a displays man, and the first person <laughs> I thought about was Logic. our friend Mike Logic, <laughs> who no matter how many times I'm like from Chicago, he was like, nah, 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 nah. I'm from Displays, and I'm like, all right, be from Displays, and so <laughs> that, that made me real nervous. But uh, yeah, no. But first of all, I did not even know that those phones at the uh, the cell phones were even connected online. I had yeah, no idea. I, I remember them being just like plastic. I didn't know that they were actually live phones. No, it depends on the store. But most of the stores now have like the live phones. So you can actually interact with the phone and see how you, you like the phone, whether it's a Samsung or, or iPhone, whatever. But they should have to have like three or four phones that you can actually access all, you know, different apps and play with it and, and take pictures and all that stuff. I mean, I've, no, I've seen people take ridiculous pictures and as you pick up the phone and you go through the photos. I'm like, yeah, these people were very inappropriate. So he took it to a whole new level. I don't I don't think I can remember the last time I was in a cell phone store, number one, and number two, a cell phone store where I, I was actually in there to look at the phone. I mean, I, at this point, I just go by what review, what yeah. phone I currently have, what reviews I've oh, seen. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, what am I going to do? Like, I'm going to stand in T-Mobile and decide between a Motorola and a Google phone. Like, it's just, okay, which one has the best this, that, whatever. All right, yeah. give me that one. How much is it? I mean, that, you know, at this point, you know, you, you ain't got time to fuck around. Be like, hey, just give me something decent, please. Like, you know, I'm going to need to do it for a lot of things. So give me give me what's good. Yeah, definitely. Now you can do everything um, uh, online or through the phone. Um, but for me, I think the last time I went to the store was when uh, my, my uh, phone, my my, my my iPhone had like a weird line on the top. Um, it, if they said I, that I dropped it, I'm like, I haven't dropped this phone in forever. Either way, I had to go to the store and fight that uh, because they couldn't do it on, uh, through the customer service rep. So yeah. neither here nor there. So it, it, it's happened one time since I don't know the iPhone four that I went to a store. So it, it's yeah, but been how often time. are you going to watch porn in public? Never, sir. Never. <laughs> Story number three. <laughs> hey. Uh, I know we've been talking about, but uh, speaking of swallowing it whole, um, wow. <laughs> ever wonder who would win in a fight between an alligator and a snake? Do tell. <laughs> well, in Florida, of all places, a massive Burmese python ate an entire alligator. The python was 18 feet long and a gator was five foot long. So there's your answer, sir. Yeah, I mean, is this a fight between? <laughs> is this a fight between uh, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis? Is that what this happened? Is talking about a, a gator and a snake? I don't know. I was going. <laughs> I was just keeping the, the theme of the BBC and you know, eighteen feet I, long. I saw. So I saw. I saw the video of this and cutting that uh, snake open. Yeah. And just watching it birth an alligator, and they're sitting there like shaking the alligator's arm like hey buddy you wake and i'm waiting for that motherfucker like yeah i am (laughs) (laughs) but i mean that i mean you see them when 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 uh um you ever see like discovery channel back in the day where you see that sucker just opens mouth so wide like the cone heads and just sit there and just keep going and keep going i'm like i just don't understand like i mean i i obviously them snakes are not that smart but i don't understand how they're sitting there and uh and able to just keep going and like eh, that's not gonna kill me it's not this all the scales and giant animal who's bigger than me eh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine it'll I'm fine. stretch it'll stretch out it'll come out the other side it's like some ant-man particle shit 
Oh man! Like I shrunk down and went inside you, and then I blew back up. Like what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Snakes are wild. This is why I don't think I'll be moving to Florida anytime soon because I don't like gators or snakes unless they're on my belt or my uh my shoes, my my <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, that looks like a lot of shoes. <laughs> that's for real, right? <laughs> my gators. That's twenty three feet of uh, of nice material to make into your uh, belts and uh, boots. That's true. Boot scoot and boogie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Big Z, and that's news to me. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, this is comedian Ken Gar, and I was just a guest on the True Chicago Sports Fans podcast with E-Rock. Big Earl E-Rock. and G-Money and a bunch of weirdos. So tune in! Hey, True Chicago Sports Fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out GritClothingCo.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's GritClothingCo.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Hey guys, it's Steven. And this is Sean, and you are listening to True Chicago Sports Fans. Don't forget to listen to No War on the Weekend. New episodes on Monday. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah, so we're going to go do a couple of shots. So let's kick it back over to Big Z and E-Rock. Welcome back to the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Oh yeah. This is Three and Out. In this segment, we talk about the beloved, the one and only Chicago Bears. E, let's take a look on how the 2022 season has been breaking down so far. All right, look, 2022 was always supposed to be a developmental year with new head coach Matt Eberflus and new GM Brian Poles at the helm. We've seen the flurry of moves that Poles have made since taking over earlier this year. These moves include trading Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith on the defensive side of the ball and trading Chase for Chase Claypool um, at the trade deadline to reunite him with his former Notre Dame teammate Cole Komet and uh, Equin. I can never say this. Equinemius? How you say it? Equinemius. Equinemius. Equinemius St. Brown and give Justin Fields more help on the offense. Um, it's too early to know if Quake, uh, Claypool will be a long-term solution at wide receiver at Hallis Hall, but the mini-buy we've seen the offense change by leaps and bounds, including the emergence of Cole Komet as a viable passing option. Komet has now five TDs in the last three games, including two two-TD games against the Dolphins and the Lions. Komet had zero touchdowns in 2021 and only two in his career coming into this season. He was used as a, as a, as a blocker, that's why. I mean, you're really looking at the the emergence of not just Justin Fields and the way that he's been able to play in the last three to four games. 
You're looking at the emergence of Cole Komet, who I've had faith in because I watched him play at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. I know what he's capable of. There's a reason why he was the first tight end taken off the board during his draft class. And even when they, even when the the, the Bears did not have a first round pick, they knew who we were going going after because they were desperate for that for someone at the position at the time. That's why Ryan Pace kept bringing in all these guys named Jesper and you know. Was it Jesper Horstead And there was like a guy named Travis And a guy named Billy Bob I don't know There was a whole It was like At one point I want to say There was like nine tight ends On that roster So when you look at, at The fact that This is a guy That the Bears drafted Adam Shaheen's another guy um, but look at a guy like Cole Komet that the Bears drafted, a local kid, went to Notre Dame, who is essentially, a lo- you know, the big local school for Chicago. Right. I mean, we're seeing that he's emerging and, and turning into what we knew he could be all along. And that's a very important part because you now you know that, that Justin Fields has a safety valve and someone he can throw to and he has chemistry with. And you, you see how much bigger and stronger he is than most of the people he's opposing. Even in the, in the, uh, in the Lions game, that long touchdown, he was just standing out there in the open i mean he's been very impressive the last few weeks yeah he's definitely been impressive he's always been one of my favorite players just because of his size and speed at the position like i mean if he was a little lighter he'd be playing wide receiver but he's just a big boy and he can run really fast and he's got pretty good hands i know he wasn't getting the uh the, the the passes last year and he wasn't getting the opportunity so when he was getting the one or two passes you know he wasn't really re- ready for those, and he's also he's also coming off blocks at that point. Now they're they're moving him out to the outside. They put him in crossing routes. He's over the middle. He's more part of the offense rather than just blocking, uh, uh, being another cog in that um, holish uh, uh, offensive line. It's it's the offensive line. We'll get to that in a bit. I know that, uh, and I'll let you uh, break that down. But Cole Komet's one of my favorite receivers, and on uh, I know that Mooney and and uh, and Claypool are going to get you know double teamed and they're going to get uh, all the uh, recognition but Komet's going to good uh, going to be a good uh, release valve I mean, it's, it's been very interesting to watch the changes at on this roster at the wide, uh, wide receiver position because you look at that kid, uh, was it Smith, Marset or whatever like that, that blew up, blew two games for them with that late penalty and that drop uh, earlier in the season um, who got shipped off and they like got rid of him and he ended up going over to, I think, Kansas City or uh, he went to a pretty good team. But I mean, you look at the way that they've had to shift the, the way that they play all season. Um, you know, bringing in Chase Claypool after the trade uh, with the trade deadline after they they uh, they got rid of Roquan and they did their moves earlier, and then the fact that they brought in Byron Pringle and he was injured, so he just came back this week for the Lions right. game. So, I mean, you're looking at you're also looking at the the real emergence of um, you know not only. Dave Montgomery, who we haven't heard a lot from, but uh, but Herbert back there, he's been very, very strong in the run game. I mean, you know, you look at, you know, halfway uh, through the season, they're standing at three and seven after that loss to the Lions. But we are seeing growth. The Bears have been by far the best rushing team in the NFL in nine games. Uh, there are 325 rushing attempts, uh, 5.4 yards average for 1759 yards. Okay, you're looking at 195 yards a game. Okay, uh, they this team has 11 fumbles, but I mean, that's average across the league up and down. So you look at it's not just the running backs, of course, because we've seen Herbert have really good success as a secondary piece in the rushing attack. But Justin Fields, Justin Fields has been absolutely amazing with his legs. I mean, he is taking the league by storm. He's breaking records while doing so. 
yeah, Justin Fields is one of the reasons that those numbers are very skewed because Justin Fields has been averaging like I don't know, like 15 yards on the third, third and seven or something like that. He's got the most rushing yards on on, on third down uh, and the most first downs on, on third down. So he's been changing the game because now we're not looking at oh we're going to be three and out real quick. Not the old time Bears. Our Bears now are more offensive minded. You're seeing our team putting up 30 points plus a game recently rather than you know this you know nine to 17 loss or you know our defense was good and we held them to you know 18 21 points but you know we only scored nine points we don't have that problem anymore we're putting up points because that's going to be the 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 mindset we're coming into the 21st century of the nfl and this is what we wanted we've been saying this for years we want this team to score points but see, here's the problem is that, you know, despite the fantastic rushing numbers, despite the fact that they're able to move the ball down the field, they are absolutely dead last in the NFL in passing. OK, you're talking about a team right now that only has eleven hundred and thirty one yards. OK, total their yards per game in passing is one hundred and twenty five point seven yards. Yep. That's insane. OK, I mean, you can't. This is a passing league, and eventually what's going to happen is that people are going to be able to catch up with Justin Fields or figure out a better way to contain him. They haven't been able to do so so far. I mean, he's the only quarterback in the Super Bowl era with multiple rushing touchdowns of 60-plus yards, two longest touchdown, uh, two longest touchdown runs by a quarterback in Bears history, the only player to have two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and 100 uh, rushing yards in a game, and the only player in NFL history with three passing touchdowns and 140 or more rushing yards in a game. You, It's crazy when he's we, we wanted him to find a way to get the ball down the field. And the thing that we still see to this day about the way he passes the ball is that he tends to wait a little bit too long mm -hmm. before he starts running. Well, Luke Getze took him aside and he says, okay, this is what we're going to do. I know what you can do when you have space to run uh, open space and, and open field in front of you. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to design plays just for you to run. So you're catching the defense off guard and you're actually seeing Justin Fields make adjustments at the line where he's able to actually call audibles and move out of a play. And he did that. He saw that a couple times on this last game against the Lions. I completely agree with you. What's happening now is that he went from year one of let me let me what is the offense i don't know what the offense is yet i don't i don't recognize everything that's on the offense and you know multiple parts moving around and he's nervous because his offensive line is not protecting him so he's like i got one two i gotta get rid of it or run he couldn't read because he didn't have the time now with the plays being detailed to him all right we're gonna roll out or i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to my to my right i'm gonna have the, the crosser going over the middle I got, I got a go route, I got an underneath route, and I got a release valve. And go cold I, I, commit. And right, right, your release valve is going to be cold commit or one of your running backs. So now what he's doing is like, okay, this is the defense that that's presenting. Boom, I can change the play at the at the line of scrimmage. Boom, we're running this because of this. And obviously, you've seen the games. This man is super hard to take down. He he's a big boy. He's about two thirty. He's a big boy for a quarterback, and he breaks the tackles. He, he there's no way they can stop him. It took four guys, four tackles to get him down at the, at the end of the game. He, that's insane. 
I mean, he he caused the concussion. He knocked the guy out of the game beautiful. today. That was when beautiful. He, he, I mean, and, and I saw it too because after Tua got busted up a few weeks ago, you know, they got that thriller on the ground look where their arms go up like thriller. You know yeah. what I mean? And they're just oh, laying yeah. there like, eh. and and you saw Fields go right into him and then pop right up. And uh, oh boy, was there for a minute. So I mean, you could actually see it on the replay over and over and over again. I mean, the the, the second one, the one his lights just went out. Oh right? yeah, he laid down the wood. He laid down the oh, wood yeah, on that yeah. one. Yeah, so I mean, but here's the thing is that Justin Fields in the last five games has a 100.9 uh, passer rating. I mean, you know, it's been very uh, um, impressive what we've been seeing lately after they had that mini buy after that Thursday night football game uh, where they lost to the uh, to the Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we're going back to that Commanders game. He was, uh, you know, a quarterback rating of 26.4. That was that last game where he had, uh, he was only 14 for 27, 190 yards. Uh, he had one nutty and one uh, interception, but, uh, you know, he was only 51.9% with his completion rate. And then you kind of slowly kind of see it uh, creeping up, you know, against New England. They had a very good game, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he had a lot he didn't have that many yards but he still kind of averaged out the same thing he was doing and you can kind of see him progression the big progression right there is his 73.9 percent uh, completion rate against dallas but it was a big loss because the the defense could not hold off and that was right after they traded robert quinn yeah um and then the miami game the miami game was close the miami game and that detroit game those are two winnable games you lost by one score uh where it just came down to the end and detroit specifically um you know th- those penalties really killed you. Those pen- penalties, your high, season high of penalties in the year. Um, a couple of your, you know, from your your rookie lineman on the offensive side. Uh, you know, a couple of silly fouls in Jalen Johnson. I mean, like, and that that uh, the one on Cole Komet really bothered me. The one that really bothered me was the Jack, the one where Jack Sanborn had his coming out and he actually had that INT. That was oh, his yeah. right there. Yeah, that, that, that was, was his. Yeah, that was his interception. That was another. You know what? I, I what I've been seeing is that we don't get a lot of calls, and I understand that we don't. We're not the most flashing team. We're at the at the top of the hill. We're we're not. You know, we're not the Kansas City Chiefs, right? We're not the defending champions and so forth. So we're not going to get those calls. But like the call, like I call Comet, where he's blocking and his hand is out, but it slaps the guy in the face, and he's like, "Oh, face mask, fifteen yards." He's like. Dude, I didn't pull anything. I didn't do anything. Uh, that, that was bad. Yeah, there's, there's been that a lot of bad calls on the Bears lately. And, and it's, you know, I, I feel like the NFL is like, uh, let's keep these guys in, you know, let's keep them in the middle. Let, let's see where they're at. If they can pull it out at the end, if they can, they can, great. But at the end of the day, what do we want? We want to we want a field's progression, which we're seeing. We wanted to see what, what the young kids can do on defense, and we're seeing that. And does it really matter if we win or lose at this point? Because we really can't contend. So we don't we don't have to worry about that. Well, what we're really seeing right now, like I said a, a little bit earlier, was the progression of Justin Fields recognizing when he should be able to take off. In the last five games, uh, the last uh, of that fifth game being that Washington game, you're looking at him with uh, 12 attempts with 88 yards rushing. But when you look at uh, that Miami game, uh, uh, 15 attempts, 178 yards rushing. It set the all-time record for a regular season quarterback. I think that was set by Kaepernick. Um, and and he's already passed uh, Michael Vick for the all-time regular season rushing yards for a quarterback. 
Um, and and it's, it's just been incredible to watch the way, you know, you could say that Justin Fields is putting the offense on his back. But again, you are seeing really good progress out of the rushing game. You're seeing Luke Getze understand what this team, team is capable of, where they can find a way to scheme uh, Justin Fields out into the open to get like some, you know, like a naked bootleg, um, watching him uh, uh, find Cole Komet down the field. I mean, you know, we we are talking about that Miami game where a blocked punt is the whole game. That yep. right there on a 35 to 32 loss against a very good team when this is their first game after they traded Roe. Well, you t- you took the the Miami Dolphins to 35 32 and you had a chance to win that game at the end. Um, but uh, uh, Justin Fields did everything he could to get you there in a, in a, in a missed uh, catch. I think EQ, EQ St. Brown yeah. right there was, was the difference there. Plus, like I said, that block punt for a touchdown. Same thing with Detroit. You got that right there. Uh, you got a missed kick by Cairo Santos yep. and that, uh, that bad throw by, by Fields, which uh, was a pick six. That's the whole game right there. So really, you're just talking about a couple, couple, couple yards here and there, a couple plays break your way. And I mean, you know, you're looking at uh, a much different outcome. But again, I've always said this year is about the progression of the young guys on the team. Like I said, Sanborg, um, you know, the, the rookies, Brisker, um, all these guys that Jesus got in the secondary, trying to fill out and see what other pieces you need to fill. Um, and then just seeing what Justin Fields can do on this uh, on this team right now. I mean, Justin Fields is, is, is a, the, the enigma, right? We know exactly what he can do now. But it's like, what can he do once he gets an offensive line and once he gets, you know, uh, more receivers? What can he do? Because we don't know what he's going to do with the running back at this point, right? Are they going to go? Are they going to re-sign? Uh, um, uh, Montgomery? Yeah, Montgomery. Or, or, or are they going to go with the new guy or, or even drop somebody even younger? You know, what are they going to with Herbert, right? You don't know. Herbert's been having a pretty good year. So after passing Michael Vick for the all-time regular season rushing yards for a quarterback, Field spoke about how he's been progressing this season. Let's take a listen. Feeling it starting to click. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think I'm just growing and getting better each and every week. And, you know, uh, my main goal right now is just to, you know, continue to do that, you know, uh, continue to uh, trend up. And each and every day I practice, just, you know, keep getting better and better and better. And, you know, uh, I mean, that's that's really all you can do. So, yeah. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a look at the remaining schedule. They do have a couple of tough games. Uh, e, take it, take it away. Uh, so, yeah, next up, uh, like I said, we're about halfway through the season and we know what they're able to do as far as the running game. We do want to see Fields get a little bit more progression in the passing game. We have seen some really incredible passes, that, that back shoulder throw that he threw to Mooney a couple weeks ago where he had that incredible oh, yeah. catch. Um, and just finding some of these guys as they're coming across the middle of the field. Um, so next we're looking at uh, Atlanta. In Atlanta, an mm-hmm. up-and-coming team, Cordell Patterson. They got Mar- Marcus Mariota. But they're kind of a mess because you really don't know what's going on there. There's just kind of a lot of moving pieces, and they're kind of just getting by uh, where they can. Um, it's Again, it, that's, a, to me, a very a win. winnable game. Win yeah, I think that's a very winnable game. I mean, I think it's it's a push, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. It's a push. Um, next up after that, they're going to play in New York or in New Jersey. I'm sorry, Jets fans. That's where they're going to be playing against <laughs> Zach Jersey. Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson. And your mom is going to be there, too, oh, just so you whoa. know, because, you know, he's... Uh, <laughs> whoa. The, the MILF master is going to be taking on the Chicago Bears. And, uh, again, I think it's another winnable game. But the problem is, is that you have to find a way to stop that offense if you can stop the offense and play relatively clean compared to the way that they played against the lions that's definitely an opportunity for a win there 
yeah, so that I think that that's very much a winnable game. Uh, it, but they have to play, like you said, a clean football game. Let's these uh, these penalties really kill you. Uh, you can't be putting uh, Justin in, in, you know, third and twenty-one and expect him to be a magician and get you out of those situations every single time because the offensive line can't do that. The the offensive line is it's it's, uh, it's like Swiss cheese right now, and he's he's doing he's making you know a great steak sandwich with uh, not a lot of ingredients. I think with with the OL at least they're scheming. Yes, uh, making you know scheming yes. uh, it, so that Justin Fields can rush down the field. They're doing this by design. They're making sure that they they take advantage of the, of the play action. Make uh, you know what I mean? Like that's coaching. A, uh, that's coaching one hundred percent. Right, right. And, the coaching is well, also making it's also having a relationship where you trust your quarterback to make the right decision, right? And that's one thing that you never ever saw with with Matt Nagy and never. Mitch Trubisky. Nagy never trusted Trubisky to go ahead and, and actually take off, and that's why it's almost like a, like a dog who like you know like dogs like man, you know I could chase all these squirrels out of here and I, I do a great job and come back like the, the dog comes back is wagging his tail. I did a good job and it's like why'd you chase all them squirrels? Like damn, dude, I thought I was doing good, doing a good job. Right. That's what it always felt like when Mitch came back uh, to the sideline, regardless of what he did, whether it was good or bad. Yeah. Because if it wasn't exactly what Nagy wanted to do. And it wasn't a good thing. Yeah. You're seeing with with Coach Flus and with Getzy that they trust Justin to to do what he needs to do. They see the competitive nature in them, watching him in practice every day, watching him progress, whether it's with his arm or with his feet throughout the season. And they are trusting him more to be able to uh, make his own calls when needed. Yeah, and and you're seeing that he can pass out of the pocket given the time. If they, you know, obviously we don't have the best wide receiving core, but it, if the guys can get open, he can put it in their in their in their breadbasket very easily. I'm really excited to see what happens when when Claypool catches up with the playbook. Yes. Um, after that New York game, they were going to allow the Cheeseheads back into Soldier Field on December fourth. Mm. Um, that'll be a very interesting game, just considering the fact that how bad the Packers have been. It seems like uh, Ryan Rodgers is is regressing every single time he takes the field, and the last time he had a good game was against the Bears. So um, him getting, I mean, look, the the Lions beat the Packers too, didn't they? The Lions, the Lions just beat the back Packers. To back. So, they won back-to-back games, though. Yeah, so so good for the Lions. I mean, you know, for the Lions, it was their first uh, road win since, uh, I think, what they say, 1847. So congrats, <laughs> Lions. Uh, it's been a long time. This since is the great migration. <laughs> they, had, they had to bring the team over on the Oregon Trail to, uh, to set up. <laughs> Speaking of squirrels, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, so I mean, look, you Justin Fields was not playing in this scheme at that time when they when they took off Green Bay the first time. So uh, having having Green Bay here seeing uh seeing justin fields a competitive nature to be honest with you this is literally the only game i need them to win all the rest of the year because i really don't know what's going to happen with with aaron Rodgers after this season um it's crazy because it seems like any quarterback over the age of 30 is just fucking forgot how to play football this year um matt ryan i mean every every older quarterback is just dunzo right now and uh, you're seeing a new wave of quarterback i mean even the even uh, a guy like Justin Herbert over in uh, in San Diego is, is just not getting it done right now because yeah. his weapons have been out. Um, but after that Green Bay game, they uh, cannot win, cannot win or lose on Week 14 because they got that bye week. And honestly, like it it kind of sucks that the, of the timing of this. But I would love to see what they could scheme for uh, Chase Claypool coming off that bye week because when they come out, when they come back. They got to play against Philly, and Philly, up until this point right now, they have not lost a game all season. 
Yeah, Philly is the uh, the juggernaut right now. Especially, it's been weird because the the the, the East has always been one of the uh, worst divisions to play in, and right now it's one of the toughest. Uh, you got Philadelphia, who's just murdering teams left and right because they have such an abundance of talent right now. And you know what? I I think they're the dark horse uh, in my book to win the Super Bowl. Everyone's still picking uh, uh, the Chiefs or even even the Bills to win, but I think Philadelphia can pull it off. And I don't think the Bears have the, enough weapons to handle Philadelphia. I think they'll tame the 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 Eagles. Uh, I don't think they're going to soar as much as they usually do, but <laughs> I I do like them. Uh, I think that that game will be a lot closer than people think. No, no fly eagle fly this time. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll see because I mean, look, the NFC East right now is really, really difficult. I mean, you, you're looking at uh, the eight no Eagles right now. Yep. Giants are seven and two. Yep. With Daniel Jones as their quarterback, yep. and the Cowboys, uh, I think they're still playing against uh, Green Bay right, right now. now yeah. Cowboys are six and two, so I, the Cowboys have a chance to be seven and two. I know you're looking at uh, two seven win teams and an eight win eight win team, so. I mean, it's been a very impressive division. It's literally the exact opposite of the uh, NFC North because right now the Detroit Lions are in second place despite the fact that they have the exact same record as the Packers because they are uh, the winner against that game, so they hold the tiebreaker. So right yep. now it's Lions 3-6, and six, Packers 3-6, and six, and Bears 3-7. and seven. <laughs> uh, They played one extra game. But, I mean, it's funny to see the Lions above the Packers. I don't care. what I, I've always said this year I don't really care what the Bears record is, but uh, this is funny. Yeah, well, all we need to do is beat the Packers, and then that, that's our championship for the year, man. That really That'll is. That'll make me happy because uh, after that Packers game is going to be rough. Rough sailing. Uh, you got that Philly game after the bye, and then you go on and uh, play Buffalo. Now the good thing is that you play them here. So the last one, two, three uh, out of the last five games of the season, uh, uh, four of them are home games. So that that'll be nice to have some home cooking. Um, and uh, after Buffalo, you go up to Detroit on New Year's Day, and then you have one last game against Minnesota for the end of the season. Now, if you see a team like the Giants or you see a team like the Cowboys uh, and and especially with that NFC East, if they start kind of jockeying for position, we're going to see what's going on with uh, Minnesota last game of the season. You might be able to play spoiler with, with the way that they're, they're trying to get seated. Yeah. For, I mean, it enjoyable. Did you watch that Minnesota game? That thing was nuts against the Bills. Minnesota has been uh, the recipient of some very good fortune this year. Oh that's, my that's God. what I got to say for them. I just, I just didn't get that. They went out on fourth, fourth and goal. They missed it. They lose the ball at the one yard line. Then they pick it up on a force, uh, a fumble by the quarterback, and uh, <laughs> it was nuts, dude. As that game went to overtime, I was like, oh my God. Uh, there was like four false finishes. Uh, that's a wrestling, wrestling preference right there. But what's going to happen? I think Minnesota is going to be, uh, like you said, jockeying for position, and they might not be. Uh, they might be resting some players for that final game. Well, and they're gonna they're gonna win the division. Now that I'm thinking about yeah, it, yeah, so. they'll win the division. So they might be resting some players because it depends if they're trying yeah. to get the number one seed in, in uh, home field advantage or whatever, what have you. At that point, so that we have to wait for that. So they might win might, that they, Minnesota it, it game. It might be it might be, and if anything, for seeding, they're gonna win the division. So they're going either way. Uh, uh, let, let me let me stop right here and mention the fact that Jeff Saturday, who was just hired last Saturday, uh, the new coach <laughs> of the uh, the new coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, somehow, some way, without ever coaching a game ever in the history of the world, uh, is the new head coach of that team, and they just beat the, the Raiders. What an absolute shit show the Raiders are! Oh yeah. When 
Jeff, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday just whooped your ass in fucking Vegas. Good Lord, Vegas is terrible. Yeah, Vegas is terrible. All that talent, and uh, they can't do anything with it. it they've been a shit show for uh, since when they were in Los Angeles. So uh, it didn't matter that they moved. They got this beautiful new stadium. They've been, you know, crapping the bed and crapping it down their leg the entire time. I need a new quarterback for my fantasy football team, so uh, we need to make some trades. Uh, they're two <laughs> and six, bro. Get out of here. So right now, looking at the 2023 draft order, uh, let's let's talk about Vegas again. Yep. Right now, uh, sitting at I believe they're going to be two and seven now. So they're actually sitting uh, right there at the number two spot. The number one pick right now will go to Houston with their one and seven record. They have lost four in a row. Good job, uh, Lovey. Vegas, right? Vegas is uh, is right there at pick number two with their two and seven record now. Their Carolina uh, at three. Number four is going to be Philly because they got New Orleans pick. Great, that's just great. <laughs> that's just fucking the rich great. get richer. You're right. Number five, Jacksonville with another three and seven record. Number six, uh, the Chicago Bears with a uh, another three and seven record now. Um, you're looking at all these teams with the exact same record, so there's going to be a lot of jockeying. We're also looking at Denver, 3-6, and six, uh, but that pick is going to Seattle with the, the Russell Wilson trade. Yep. Um, Cleveland at number eight right now, but that pick goes over to Houston in some raid that uh, some trade that I don't remember. That's the uh, uh, that's is, the Sean Watson trade. Oh, oh, hey, there it is. They, they, it. Yeah, uh, they, they massaged their way up there. The, huh? They massaged their way up there. Uh, Number nine, uh, Arizona, and number 10, Pittsburgh. Now, I will mention that uh, Indianapolis, with their fourth win, that pushes them down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But you're looking at the Rams, three and five. Green Bay, three and six. Detroit, three and six. Now four and six. Oh, no, three and six. Uh, Pittsburgh, three and six. Arizona, three and six. Cleveland, uh, Cleveland, three and six. Denver, three and six. So this is a very, very fluid situation, a very fluid list. But as of right now, the Bears are sitting at the sixth spot. And that uh, Green Bay, because Green Bay beat them, that gives them the tiebreaker as well. So to me, like I said, as long as uh, Justin Fields comes out every week, we see the development from him. We see him getting better, whether it's in the rushing game or the passing game, just understanding the game. Then I think the the future is bright because of all that cap space and because of all those draft picks. Yeah, I mean, it's still undetermined what we're going to do in the future because we do have obviously a high draft pick. And then do they, you know, do they go down and get more draft pick, more draft capital, or do they take this draft capital and trade for someone who is not on the market? You know, you might get a good trade for a number one wide receiver or um, a great offensive lineman that is signed for a long period of time. You know, for a team like Vegas who's going to stink it up. Um, you, there's so many possibilities, and, and it's, it's it's endless. And right now we have to see what Ryan Poles and how he puts a stamp on his team. Ryan Poles has been doing a good job, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. I, do, I right love now, it. Look, and, and, and some people were really hurt by that Roquan trade, but but here's the thing. He asked to be traded. He did. Don't get me wrong. I really like Roquan, but I also feel like he wasn't like a dog, right? He's, he's all talent. He fits great on the team with other talented players, but I feel like he needs to be around other great players to be great, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't elevate others. Others elevate him. He led the team in tackles over the last couple of years, but that's because the defense is funneled through his position, at least in the 3-4 uh, uh, defense. It's only natural for a, a linebacker to lead the team in tackles. I mean, he's going to do really well in Baltimore, and he should sign there long term. Yeah. He's at the right age to help Jackson and Harbaugh make another push to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. 
I've been I'm, Yeah one more <laughs> No I, I I didn't know If you wanted want to do rap Oh track. no uh, Yeah that was the, All right. I mean look Roquan He did well next to Mac Who was constantly doubled And Quinn Who players avoided And Hicks Who was rarely on the field anymore As is the case with him in Tampa But When you are avoiding Players like Quinn And you're double teaming Guys like Mac And Hicks is not there Well eventually Guess where that That, that uh, runner Is going to come to It's going to come right to you. you You're starting to see him Kind of Whether it's playing by because of spite or anger or whatever, but he still hadn't. You saw him kind of start to uh, reemerge the last couple games because early in the season, well, he didn't come to camp, right? We saw him when we went to that that camp, but he wasn't coming to camp, so he never really got in, uh, the conditioning that he needed. Yeah, like I agree with you. He he benefited from the players that are around him because the the team was centered over defense, and you had great off uh, defensive linemen. So guess what? They're going to double-team them. They're going to try to make a hole. And guess what? you got Roquan Smith waiting to make a tackle. Or in, if, if you're, he's in the secondary, he's over there helping uh, catch up to, to the receiver that's already uh, passed him up. That's how he was getting his tackles. So it wasn't like he was changing the game. He was part of the game, part of the scheme, but he was not the game-changer. Uh, you look at Cleo Mack and, and, uh, and Quinn. Those are game-changers. He was never a game-changer. No, I, no, but I mean, he was a very good player. And, and like I said, when your defense is bad, meaning you can't get off the field, mm-hmm. then you're going to have more opportunities for tackles. Yeah. One, I used to say the same thing kind of about uh, Brian Erlacher. Like, Erlacher was the, the, the least ugly girl in an er, ugly girl contest, right? Like, that's why he would always be the one that had all the stats when the rest of the team was like, oh, he has this many tackles. Yeah, because everyone else around him is terrible. He's the only one that can do anything, right? So, I mean, like, you saw that, that he was... Uh, um, um, Roquan was getting a lot of tackles, but the same at the same time, you know who else got a lot of tackles was Lance Briggs. Lance Briggs led the team in tackles uh, a few times, if I'm not mistaken, which mm-hmm. I very well could be. But I'm pretty sure that he had a bunch of tackles a couple times because everything got funneled right to the middle, and then that's who got the the, the uh, credit for the tackle when they they kind of bounced him through there. Yeah, that's right. All right, Rose replacement Jack San, uh, Sandborg has coming out party in the preseason, but the Chicago kid proved his worth in the Lions game. And if it weren't for one of the season-high penalties the Bears in that game, he'd also have his first career interception, which would absolutely have changed the circumstance of the game, and we'd be talking about a W instead of a loss. And look, again, I mean, you know, the development is the thing that I'm looking for, right? Sandborg, yes. Did it count on the stat sheet? No. Did it? Did I physically see him do that? Absolutely, yes. I did. So to me, that counts as, yes, part of the development. You saw him making tackles. You saw he had two sacks on the day as a rookie playing in what I think his second or third game of the season, you know, starting since Roquan got traded. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the kid is doing well. And again, you, you know, I, I mean, it, it's it's the homerism in me talking about the guy from Chicago. This is another kid, uh, another kid from Chicago. You got him. You got Cole Komet. You got the uh, Notre Dame connections right there. It's cool to see like people that are at least familiar with the Chicago area come to the Bears and and you know do well. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say it, it, for real that that makes a big difference. I think those guys like the homerish gives you pride and you understand the the team that you're playing for and you understand who the fans are and you understand that this is more about the fans than it is about me as a player. Everyone lives and dies every Sunday on Chicago Bears football, whether they suck or they're fucking great. Let's be honest. It doesn't matter what baseball team you cheer for. If you cheer for the Bulls or the Blackhawks, everybody in this town, unless you're a cheesehead, then you're not considered part of Chicago, uh, is, is a Bears fan and a diehard Bears fan. 
and it doesn't really matter if you're if you're a Chicago fan, your first team is going to be a Bears team because the whole city rallies above the Bears. Even casual people in Chicago watch the Bears, listen to the Bears. They know the Bears score. They check for it in the paper. They watch the news this morning and saw what the Bears score were. And when you go to work, what are they, hey, did you see the game yesterday? Yeah. What happened with the Bears? This right. and that. All that last, this, that, whatever. And it really doesn't matter. Guys that are not into sports, guys that, like like I said, saw it on the news, they're, they're telling, they're talking about it. It's always going to be water cooler material for uh, for people in Chicago. And look, the best case scenario for them is to see that progression in both the young guys in offense, but as well as in the defense with a secondary that Pace started to build and Poles is trying to complete. Now use that myriad of picks and a buttload of money that you got going in the next season and find the wide receiver who can catapult Justin Fields into superstardom the way that Diggs did for Josh Allen and the way that Tyreek did for Mahomes. And to be frank, he also is doing that for Tua right now, right? And uh, look, Make it the way that Marvin Harrison did it for Peyton Manning. We're so close to yeah. uh, really seeing what this kid can do. And if Poles gets it right, look, this could be magical. We'll talk more Bears on our end of the season recap show after this season. All right. We'll be right back with Stirring the Pot after a word from our sponsors. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out GritClothingCo.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, percent off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. This is Enrique Calderon coming to you from True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast. Come check me out on social media, Enrique Calderon Official, on Instagram and Facebook. Check us out. Y te lo dice Enrique Calderon. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Oh, yeah. It's that time again, brother. Uh-oh. You know what time it is. Oh, boy. It's time for Stirring the Pot. All right, brother. So, uh, you, know, you know, I frequent uh, certain, certain water holes a lot. What? <laughs> it's news to me, sir. I am astounded. Um, so I, I've been seeing this new trend, and I've seen it a lot lately, is uh, non-alcoholic beer. So my question to you, sir, would you drink... No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay, would you try it? I, I don't understand the purpose of it. I, uh, well, honestly, well, if I don't, you're sober, I don't. I don't understand why I need a near beer. Like if I'm sober and I'm not drinking, then what? I mean, like I'm not drinking beer for the taste. Well, you stop smoking cigarettes and you still vape. Okay, but you still get nicotine. But, yeah, but yeah, it, I mean, it ain't like. Uh, less nicotine like it's still nicotine you yeah. know what i mean like that's what i'm saying like not alcoholic beer i just don't understand I, I don't understand the purpose of it uh you want the taste of beer but not the alcohol because you're sober 
nobody wants to taste a beer have you had a beer have you ever tasted a beer no one was like hey that sounds like a good idea like why don't you have a nice tasty soda pop i mean <laughs> yeah i mean obviously you want sugar over anything but i mean yeah. i i enjoy we enjoy beer uh while we're recording and uh you know some people uh, have quit for whatever reason and now they drink um you know like it'll be a uh i haven't tried the Coors edge I did try the Stella. It was pretty good. The Heineken Zero, not a fan of. I don't like Heineken in general. I don't, I don't like Heineken that much. I stopped. That was a long time ago, uh, 20 years ago when I drank Heineken. Um, Budweiser Zero was actually really, really tasty. Okay. Okay. I'm just, I'm just so you, you wouldn't even try it. I mean, I, I okay. Uh, try it means you you pour a little in the shot glass, right? Like when you're at the bar and you're trying to see what's on tap. Like I'll try it. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It, it'd be like going to a strip club, right? Like, hey, uh, you know, let's uh, make things a little difficult. But also, uh, when you do that, after you're done, leave. And then I'm sitting here with a difficult situation. If you understand what I'm saying, I don't understand the point of it. Why are you going to start the job? You're not going to finish the job. So, uh, no, 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 no. If you got to take the alcohol out of my beer, then I should not be drinking a beer. Okay. Right? I mean, I, I see. I see your point, but there's also like people that stop drinking cigarettes. Those are regular cigarettes without nicotine. Oh, we're not, we're not, they're, uh, uh, what That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I see your point, but there's people that, you know, they stop drinking for whatever reason, whether, you know, it's a family member or they, they just, you know, they went through a bender and, you know, it, you know they went through a bad so, so, situation. That's what I'm saying is that all you're doing is drinking a bottle that looks like alcohol for the purpose of looking like you're drinking a bottle of alcohol. Because you, everyone else is drinking, I'm drinking too. You know what I mean? Like, is that just a, a mob mentality that you have to have? What? That's a placebo. I think it's kind right. of a placebo of, of, uh, effect as well. You know, you're at yeah, a bar and you're thing. so used to drinking, you want to have something in your hand. So you're trying to trick yourself into thinking that you're drunk. Well, I don't think you know? I don't think you do that. That's a that was a fifty first dates or whatever that's called. Yeah. <laughs> you're not actually drunk. Oh man! All right, I got I got to stir the pot for you. All right, go ahead, buddy. Christmas decorations before or after Thanksgiving? Which one are you going? Uh, neither, because I don't decorate for Christmas. I don't give. But you know, well, right, I mean, so, that doesn't really help me. All right, yeah, it doesn't really help you. But if I had to choose uh, before or after, it's. I think um, if I can remember correctly, in my childhood, we started decorating after Thanksgiving, so like the next day. Right. It's yeah. just, just na- I think it's a natural. I don't think p- people are so anxious to jump on holidays. Like, oh yeah. my God, it's Christmas. No, we, we still got Thanksgiving. No, we just had Halloween a couple weeks ago. Like, let it let it simmer a little bit, you know? Let it simmer. It, you'll have plenty of time. So you have all of, uh, you know, November 25th, 26th, all the way through Three, three Kings to, to celebrate Christmas. I, you know what I'm and saying? And see, that's, that's the thing, too, is that for me, I mean, I, I feel like the people that put up the tree or decorations early, like as soon as, like the day after Christmas, they're ripping the stuff down. I'm like, to me, like, it's not, the holiday season is still up until the 6th, right? To, yep. And that's what, I mean, and I'm not religious whatsoever. I mean, I've made that very clear. Uh-huh. But, uh-huh. Uh, I mean, you know, that was just kind of the traditional uh, date that it comes down was, it was, you know, hey, you, you enjoy New Year's as part of your holiday, and then you had a couple of days to wind down, and then you start to kind of wind down, and you just buckle in for the bitter cold that's going to be your life for the next three months. And hopefully, whatever the hell you got for Christmas satisfies you and makes it so you don't have to go outside for the next three months. <laughs> but that's that's just the nature of it. Yeah. Did you celebrate the uh, Three Kings? You know, being from the island as well. 
Not we didn't we really did not do religious things. I mean, every once in a while we went to like the midnight mass at uh, was it Saint Mary of so, Nazareth yeah. right there? Uh, that you know the one that they threatened to tear down about fifteen times. Um, but yeah, I mean we we would go there just to see the plastic baby Jesus in the manger and uh, be like I got to sit on someone's shoulders. But I mean that really it was very I had a very weird uh, upbringing around religion where it was just like every once in a while I kind of dip my toe in and it would burn my toe and I'd pull my toe back and went the other direction. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. Uh, I think I mean for I know the Mexican and Puerto Rican culture like the three kings it's it's, it's a big deal um, yeah. and also like the, the countries both countries pretty much shut down for, for like three weeks of party and I, you know what I'm down for that like there's no work everyone's partying for three weeks it's like a big festival and carnival and just like everyone's uh, meeting each other's houses and cooking and this, this and that and it's just a big family adventure and i think that's that's something that's missing in the, in the united states where people just you know get together and 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 celebrate you know it, it, it's a time to to be with family and friends it doesn't have to be religious i'm just saying yeah spend time spend time with the people that you love the most yeah no and, and i think that's that's what it is too i just also like the thing is too is that when you get older like you start kind of drifting away from people yeah and not not just you know friends with family members and the thing is too as i think what happens sometimes is we forget about the friends that became family when it comes to holidays and stuff like that so um you know people a lot of people do like their their friends miss or their you know you know thanksgiving friends thanksgiving uh, or whatever you want to call yeah. it friendsgiving huh? friendsgiving yeah, friendsgiving. yeah, yeah friendsgiving. there it is yeah yeah, old old man on the, on the sofa here. Uh, yeah, the Friendsgiving. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and that's always enjoyable because, I mean, you're just, you know, you it's it's your way of recognizing others. I mean, I think you, you and I always, like, you know, exchange, like, when so, some little random gift. Be like, yeah. hey, man, this thing was cool. You like you would like this. Go put it in your office. And that's usually how. But how we, we do that before. regardless where we see something right. like, oh, yeah, I picked this up for you because, you know, yeah, that's yeah, you. Yeah. And yeah. that's, but th we, that's why. That's what we get. That's very, very much of the same, uh, uh, same class where it's like, I saw this. I thought of you. Here it is, bro. Yeah. No, no, yeah. You, there's no counting each other's uh, uh, gifts. No, 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 no one's no. keeping tally on anything. It's just, you know, you do it out of love and that, that's where you move forward. And, and that's what yeah. friendship is. Like, um, I think uh, well, even when I hung out with Steven for the Bears game, he's like, oh, I'm paying for this. And, and then um, I would pay for something. He's like, oh, I'm paying for I'm like, dude, um, when, when you have two really good friends, you don't keep tally on who pays what. If I say I'm paying yeah. for it, I'm paying for it, and I'm not asking you to pay for anything else. It, right. It's cool. I'm not. I'm not counting. Uh. Uh. You know. I'm not doing. I'm, that's not the type of friendship that I want. I want the type of friendship that that you know you offer to pay for something or you you provide something because of the love that you have for somebody, not because of anything else. So when it comes to Christmas, does it have not, to be a not gift? because you're expecting something? Yeah. Different. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I'm. I'm I'm 41 years old. I don't respect anything from anybody at this point. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I live my life and I try to do good as, as much as I can. So let's move on. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, li I like it. I mean, look, it's it, and the thing is, too, is that because because of the way my schedule is now and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing biweekly shows. So, I mean, it's it's different to hop on the mic. It's like this is the time that, that you and I get to spend together oh, yeah. and hanging out. This has always been our hangout spot. Right. Mm -hmm. So. That's that's what it is. So speaking of hanging out, yes, before we go, what you looking at? What are you watching that isn't sports? Oh man, um, you know, recently I, I I've been watching my old shows, but uh, this one really hurt me a lot just because it's the voice of my childhood, bro. Well, you know, a little bit older, but Batman the animated series, a classic from the '90s, in honor of recent passing of Kevin Conroy, who voiced Batman for over. 
30 years, not only in the Batman animated series, but the series that followed over those and in every one of the Batman games. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a guy that's uh, one of those actors that you don't know by by face, right? But he's always been a part of like any nerd's uh, childhood. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he also did the voice for Merman on He-Man. Mm hmm most recent uh, iteration of it so i mean this is a guy that uh, uh you know he, he voiced batman. uh not that batman but i mean like he was the voice of batman in an animated series and when you look at the fact like mike uh like mark hamill does the joker i mean you're talking about guys that didn't don't always get the recognition that they should for the work that they do and continue to be uh voice actors and, and working actors in uh in the movies and in and tv shows and it's just no another one of those voices and and someone from from your childhood that you'll always remember and, and no longer here yeah it, it's crazy uh when i found out it it really really took me back uh you know he's done over 60 different productions 15 films 15 animated series and then spanned almost 400 episodes and two dozen video games um yeah it, it's crazy because you know he for me he is the batman he's the voice of batman um when i think of you know anytime the batman you have michael keaton like oh you know he was he was super cool he's just like super smooth and everything and then the voice i would say he's the batman and then for me also like it, it just i associate the joker with mark hamill more than yeah. anybody more than anybody just because i spent the last 30 years hearing his voice in my head and i can hear it uh and it, like you said you don't know the faces but you know the voices um and then you also have um John Glover, who played Lionel Luther in Smallville, he is the voice of the Riddler in that mm -hmm. series. So, okay, okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of connections. There's a lot of people that are connected to that. So that's what I've been watching just for nostalgia. Um, but I mean, obviously, if you have not seen it, it is. An, uh, I think they won a couple of Emmys for Batman the Animated Series just the way because of the way it's shot, the way it's written, and the great action series. Um, speaking of uh, series, hot series. Yellowstone comes back tonight, baby. Oh, I am super excited to see uh, Kevin Costner. I still haven't watched this show. Uh, and, and you know what? Now I'm afraid to because HBO just canceled Westworld. So I, at <sighs> four seasons, and if I'm not mistaken, there was a bunch of stuff that was left un, unfinished or whatever. And uh, for that's the way that's kind of sometimes I hate the re getting into HBO shows because they will string your ass along and then pull the rug out from underneath you. Um, but yeah, this is one I, I've seen a lot of uh, really positive reviews about it. I just not have uh, I haven't had a chance to dig into it yet. Yeah, Yellowstone is is it's a hot, very good, well written, good action series. Especially I think it was like season two, season three. Yeah, season three, episode one was just it felt like a movie. It was just nonstop action. It was just twenty minutes of holy crap, this is going on. Um, but speaking of one of my favorite shows yeah it did get canceled because they were spending i don't know 160 million to make the whole production and only nine million nine million viewers rather where you have uh you know the game of thrones new series the dragon spending like 45 million to make uh, the whole series and they got 213 million people watching so it was literally they put it on the block just because of the cost effectiveness and uh they paid the writers direct they paid everybody out for the rest of the year uh, because this was a sh uh, uh, an abrupt uh, stoppage of work so they paid everybody um, so they can continue to get paid and they can still go work on different projects uh, the writers directors and producers also came out with a new show called the peripheral i gotta figure out what network that's on yes but that looked really uh, good it looked exactly like westworld 
I, I, it might be Peacock. It might be Peacock or Amazon. I'm not sure, but the peripheral is something that is on my docket to watch very soon. Um, that is, I will tell you right now, Amazon. Is it's it? Yeah, it's Amazon. Okay. Yeah. So I got two things to watch on Amazon. I still haven't seen the. I finished uh, a League of Their Own yet, yet on that. So I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that, I got two shows to watch on there, but I did go to an actual theater this weekend. And I oh. saw Wakanda Forever, and let me oh, tell man. you, without leaving any spoilers, it lives up to the hype. Um, it is, a, it is over three hours. It is a little long. Um, you know, I did take a couple naps in there, um, but I wasn't because <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of dark scenes, and um, I, I had just literally had a full meal in my belly. Like I ate a, a whole chicken breast with mashed potatoes and garlic bread, and it was just delicious. So I had a full belly, and you know it was warm, and you know I took a couple naps in between. But I woke up during the action sequences, so I pulled an Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't miss any of the important stuff. Um, it's a great movie. Uh, you have you know the the Wakandans, and then you have the the whole Ast, um, not sorry Mayan uh, uh, characters that come in through, and they they did a really good job of casting. The story is really good, um, and it does kind of like mirror uh, you know political times and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are going to go to the theater, make sure you stay for the after credits because they do a, a pretty good tribute, um, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, I mean it's a yeah. I would I would hope so. I mean it, it is a Marvel production. I mean, and for them, uh, you you had to do something for Chadwick Boseman. I mean, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Yep. I have not seen it yet. Um, I I want to go take my daughter, but I will also take a nap at some point in the movie. <laughs> as that is what I do. I mean, I, I just I try to pick key points where um I won't miss anything important, but I'm far enough into the movie where I miss I'll miss one important thing and then w- wake up for the end and be like, man, that was really good. What happened? <laughs> so, so yeah that's that's uh yeah but it's that, that's definitely on my list um i i watched a couple of uh shows and movies this this uh past week and uh the first one that i watched was called vengeance it is a journalist and podcaster who travels from new york city to texas to investigate the death of a woman who he hooked up with okay um, this is on peacock and it's bj novak from the office uh if you don't remember yes. him he was uh what the, what the hell's his name he was uh ryan Right, right yeah. from the office, yeah. right. So, uh, he, him, and John Mayer are friends living in New York. They live in a hookup culture where they kind of just rotate through different girls. They never really have their name uh, of the girl in their phone. It's just like you know, blonde text from Texas type of thing. Um, so, you know, I don't want to ruin it because this was actually a very, very good movie. Um, a lot more than I expected, how, especially like going into it. I was like, this is going to suck. Um, but yeah, actually like, and, and it was like, the story sounded good, but I'm like a couple minutes in watching little short BJ Novak talking about hooking up with the girls with tall, uh, John Mayer there. It just, it, it was just like, no, you guys, you guys, I'm going to hate both of you, but this was written in, if I'm not, uh, mistaken, uh, directed by BJ Novak, who actually did a wow. bunch of Office episodes, him and, me, and Mindy Keyline. So, um, yeah, very, very good movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely check that one out. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure you have Peacock. Yep. Yeah, so that's definitely – put that one on your list. Sit down uh, with uh, with someone else that you can bounce off of so you can look at each other one and be like, oh, shit, did that really just happen? That's the kind of movie this Gotcha, is. love it. Uh, the other thing that I actually watched, I want to say this morning, is a uh, 
is a documentary called Is That Black Enough For You? Uh, film critic Elvis Mitchell examines the craft and power of African-American films released from the landmark era of the 1970s. Uh, you got people like Sam Jackson, Whoopi Goldberg, Lawrence Fishburne, Harry Belafonte, Margaret Avery, Charles uh, Burnett, uh, Zendaya. There's a lot of different actors uh, that spoke about the importance of the uh, black exploitation movement, about uh, how you had independent filmmakers going out of their way to make independent films. Um, Harry Belafonte, you know, really kind of becoming a star on his own and then pushing back when they were trying to put him in, in situations and portray him in ways or African-Americans in ways that they should not or that he did not agree with. So, um, yeah, this was this was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Actually, this was a very, very well done documentary. Uh, kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, for example, when you see like rappers wearing a lot of chains, a lot of that is representative of a slave wearing chains and it's like okay look who has the chains now things little subtle things that i really didn't think about um so there was just a lot of way that uh you know people of color african-americans were portrayed in the movies back in the day the way that they were mimicked and mocked and you know blackface and all that stuff yep. and uh yeah so definitely definitely interesting to see uh the the rise of the black uh hero in movies coincided with the uh um the anti-hero being being a white guy like uh i don't know al pacino and scarface mm, yeah. you, think, you know what i mean yeah. stuff like that where like oh they're the bad guys or they're the ones that you should feel sorry for and stuff like that so definitely uh something to check out especially for someone that loves uh movie and uh music because there's a very cool connection about uh motown and uh quincy jones and earth wind and fire and a lot of these old school independent black films definitely nice. check that out nice. and the last thing that i'm really looking forward to is going to come out soon is mythic quest it is the next season of the uh, apple tv show about the video game designers um they jumped companies and uh we're gonna see how that turns out for them after they uh they left the mythic quest offices so i think we we talked about that before did you ever get a chance to check that one out no but uh i, I literally jumped off the apple tv for a bit um just because i i think the last thing i watched was the last season of uh, for all mankind and then i haven't I, I haven't opened the apple tv uh since because i've been watching smallville and batman just being nostalgic but i'll definitely jump on that uh and watch these suggestions because they uh, look like good ones, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know me. I like to pick out things that are gonna make a difference and and that I don't have to watch uh, another uh, episode of. <laughs> yeah, short <laughs> and quick to the to the uh, point there. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right, baby. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, Six Hundred Six Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast T-shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. That is TrueFan15. Go and get your shirts right now and fill up your stockings that you hung by the chimney with care. Get yourself some Christmas presents for you and the whole fam. Shout out to the newest show in the 606 lineup, No Water, on the weekend with Stephen and Sean, a pop culture forward podcast that dabbles in trouble, uh, funny trivia, film, television, music, and Chicago-centric news and happenings. New episodes are available on Mondays wherever you listen to your podcast. 
The Bulls are back. That's right. NBA back in action, baby. 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, and Shine Native Entertainment presents All Net with Mike Logic and Ideal. Make sure to check out the All Net podcast after every Bulls game for breakdown and analysis. The Shine Native Radio podcast is now available on all major platforms. Mike Logic, Ideal, and Through MC talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. Go and check them out. And this Tuesday night, go check out the homie Mike Logic at Sub T, 2011 West North Avenue, 606 Hip Hop at Sub T. Mike Logic and Joey Childs will be performing, so check them out and support some local hip hop, baby. Hey. There's nothing better to do when you know all the homies are coming back to go visit the fam for Thanksgiving. Come out, show out, show some love for Chicago hip hop. Mike Logic and Joy Childs on Tuesday, 2011 West North Avenue at Sub T. Shout out to Ronish, Panic, Serious Beats, and Custom Made for the beats we played on today's show. Check out paniconthebeat.com for all your Mole Men merch and gear. And don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us at True Shy Fans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and reach out to us on our email. We want to hear from you. You can reach us at True Chicago Sports Fans at gmail.com. Before we get out of here, I want to give a quick shout out to Denny Green. This is the anniversary of the uh, Bears coming back, and they are who we thought they were. So uh, rest in peace, Denny Green. I hope you're still rolling in your grave thinking about that uh, that awesome <laughs> comeback win for the Bears. I'm sorry to say it, but that's what it is, man. All right, y'all, for Big Z, this is E-Rock. <laughs> oh, All right, y'all, for Big Z, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next time for episode 118. Until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Happy Thanksgiving, people. Oh, yeah. few moments later. Wait, the Bears are what we thought they were. Yeah. What, they're what we thought they were. Um, you know, this is not how we wanted it to go. You almost can't even make it up. It's that bad. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. <laughs> Hasta luego, amigos. Show's over, show's over, show's over.